Depth was an issue for this Reds team before they started trading players away. Now, with Luis Castillo, Jose Barrero, and Lucas Sims all due to miss the season opener, the question must be asked, what sort of team will even be on the field for the Cincinnati Reds? You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all platforms. I'm Stephen Offenbaker alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball, and we have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we've taken that passion and we've turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, Jeff and I are going to discuss how the Reds can best adjust to the injuries that are starting to take their toll out in Goodyear. Today, we learned that Luis Castillo may not be ready to start opening day or even the beginning of the season. And Jeff, uh, we spent yesterday's podcast talking a little bit about what this starting rotation could look like. And now with the injury to Luis Castillo, and and let's be clear, uh, they're just calling it a bit of a sore shoulder. They're not saying it's anything major. They're, they're very much downplaying it. Uh, But the fact remains that he may not be ready. And with that revelation today, it really forces us to rethink what this starting rotation will look like heading into the beginning of 2022. Yeah, and actually, to be honest with you, one thing that kind of gives me pause about this is that if you ask David Bell about the health of a player he is always going to err on the side of optimism. He's going to give you that short timetable. And that kind of has me a little bit worried here. Not to say that I think Luis Castillo is due to miss a lot of time, but I got the feeling based on some folks who I talked to, he's going to miss more than one start. We're talking about maybe like two or three starts into the year. So yes, this starting rotation is not going to look like the one that we had penned down even just 24 hours ago. And we're talking about Tyler Malley on opening day for sure down in Atlanta, which makes me wonder who fills in behind him. We saw Vladimir Gutierrez on the mound for all of three outs on uh, yesterday's spring training game. It was interesting how David Bell kind of segmented that it was a new pitcher every inning. Uh, but uh, that, maybe that means that Goody's further along. I'm, I'm not really sure. But when you look at this rotation now, you move out. uh Castillo for at least I would probably say three starts so who does that leave in his place because I would like to say it's Nick Lodello but I don't know that that's going to be the case well it definitely creates an interesting situation in the back end of this rotation uh and and I also found the the pitcher usage today a a little interesting uh, especially when you compare it to Bueller for the Dodgers who went out and threw a little over four innings so uh, I think that we're we're faced with a situation with these pitchers coming into camp where some of them have maybe done a little bit more prep work than others and that's really going to become a factor as we get closer and closer to opening day as far as how this rotation can look you know I think you absolutely are correct that Tyler Malley will be your opening day starter down in Atlanta and then I think that just for the for the sake of filling this thing out uh you know Gutierrez moves from three to two he becomes your second guy I think Mike Miner slots in as the number three starter and we're really talking about what it is they will do with the fourth and fifth spots in the rotation 
we've said all along that we believe Hunter Green will make this team out of Goodyear and he will be in the starting rotation. So it creates an interesting situation where uh, do you think the Reds will slot him into the rotation in such a way that he will make his major league debut at the mm. home opener against the Cleveland Guardians? Because we've already heard little birdies around Cincinnati saying the opening day was probably not going to be a sellout. And I think if Hunter Green is making his major league debut in that home opener, it will in fact be a sellout. I believe so. And in fact, if um, uh, the Reds really want to do any amount of saving face, because at this point, it's kind of out the window when you're talking about that sort of action. But if they want to do any amount of that, you're going to start Hunter Green on April 12th. You're not going to start him in Atlanta for game four of that series. Look, that series is going to be kind of rough anyway. I kind of feel like Atlanta is just going to continue to roll from their World Series championship from a year ago, and they're rolling over a team that just has decided to not compete. Whatever they want to tell us, that's not that's we're, we're not competing because the depth issue has always been there. Since basically the middle of last season, In fact, you could kind of argue that it was a thing last year as well. And now they've gutted the roster and now there's injuries that are plaguing it. So all total, we're looking at a starting rotation that has been decimated based from last year's squad. And is Rivar San Martin or is Nick Lodolo going to get some starts? That's going to be a tough one for me to call. But if Hunter Green isn't getting starts, I'm going to need an explanation because he should 100% be in this rotation. And the best way to make that happen is April 12th at home against the Guardians. Well, and I think to your point with Nick Lodolo, um, the other factor here that is going to be a factor and it shouldn't be a factor, but it will be is when yeah. do the Reds want to start Nick Lodolo's service time clock? Now, with Reaver San Martin, he pitched last season. His clock's running. So having him as the fifth pitcher or the fourth pitcher in this case to get Hunter Green debuting at home uh, really doesn't have a financial impact to the team. Whereas if you start Nick Lodolo's clock sooner than later, it eventually catches up with them. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious because of all of the pitchers we've talked about, Nick Lodolo is in the best position to go and take a rotation spot. He's been in good year for weeks now. He's ready. He's stretched out. He is good to go. And he has looked very good in the limited amount of pitches we've seen him throw. So for me, if it's a sheer competition question, if it's a sheer uh, most likely to be successful question, I think Nick Lodolo has to be your guy. But uh, you and I both know that the Reds don't necessarily operate that way. Right. And the the whole talking point these last couple of years were, well, if they consider themselves a bona fide contender, a bona fide playoff team, they got to start on day one. They got to have the 26 best players on the roster up for opening day. Now, it's just if they consider themselves a team that's going to play nine innings with the other competitive baseball team, they should probably have their best 26 players. And now we found out yesterday it's official. It's getting expanded to 28. So not only are the Reds experiencing injury problems to a roster that was already shallow, but now they got to add two more players. And it's something that we'll talk about over the course of this episode, Steve. But if we're being honest, I think at least 10 spots should be up for grabs. But I think it's more only like, you know, about six spots are up for grabs. But by up for grabs, I don't necessarily mean, oh, there's a ton of great top prospects that are ready to take the reins. 
nuts, more like Don Roster invitees who are trying to resurrect their careers in some form or fashion. I, I, I wonder what we're going to see in these 28 players, but when it comes to the five guys that are starting in this rotation that I think we've already kind of pushed away the idea of a six-man rotation, at least to start the year. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see what's more important to the Reds because as we kind of found out this offseason, money is what they focus on first. It is. And sadly, you know, just a few weeks ago, Jeff, uh, the starting rotation was what we talked about being the team strength. And it's fast becoming the biggest question mark really is. And unfortunately, this is a team that has a lot of uh, question marks. But, you know, the injury bug hasn't been confined to pitchers. The position players are also working to overcome injuries and build up their strength. If you want to build your strength, order a built bar today. I'm talking about the amazing 100% Real chocolate covered built bar. They've got all the amazing flavors like cherry barcia, coconut uh, marshmallow that I have just tried out at a puff box. You have got to get yourself some built bar. The puffs are amazing. Plus, they've got a new one brownie batter puff. That's right. If that just made your mouth water, go to built.com and you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off that mouth-watering idea of a treat brownie batter puff. Because we're talking about Built Bar that has on average about 130 calories per bar and up to 18 grams of protein per bar. This is the snack that will take your diet to the major leagues because we all get to that period of our diets where we're just like, I need a snack. I need some chocolate. Built Bar fits into all of those categories just fine. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Make sure to give Locked On MLB Prospects a listen after today's podcast. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia and will keep you up to date on all the up-and-coming players as well as keep you up to date on some college baseball. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, just like Locked On Reds, is free and available on all platforms. And make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow Steve at S Offenbaker. You can also follow the podcast at locked on reds and subscribe on YouTube today. Steve, we talked about the starting rotation, the infield and the outfield though, have to be talked about because we've, we've already pointed out the fact that the outfield is made up of a bunch of dudes who are probably fourth outfielders. And let's be honest, I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I know this, but Nixon Zells looked all right this spring, and he looks like he's bulked up a little bit. He's a little bit healthier. If he can stay on the field, then maybe at least one of the three outfield spots are spoken for. Again, there's two more spots they got to figure out. But there were also some scares today of Mike Mustakas trying to dive for a ground ball. Lord knows why on earth he felt the need to do that in a spring training game. And it looked like he kind of tweaked his shoulder a little bit. They pulled him out of the game. Reports after the game were that he is fine. He's, he's good. He's not going to miss any time. Donovan Solano was also hit by a ball in the rib cage, at least in the side. Didn't really look like it hit him square in the ribs or whatever, but he was pulled out of the game for precautionary reasons. He is fine as well. But again, this brings into question the depth 
of both the infield and the outfield because it's not a whole lot there. There's not. And and I think, first of all, watching Mike Moustakis in the field today, clearly the moose should not be on the loose when it comes to playing the field. <laughs> no, I think that the Reds need to take advantage of this designated hitter and... Mike just needs to bat for a while. He definitely, um, you know, I think his best fielding days are behind him. And for the Reds to get the most out of what he has left in the tank, I think it probably comes from him being the designated hitter. Again, with Solano, uh, I believe that was just purely precautionary. I think a regular season game, he probably doesn't come out, but it really truly raises some depth questions because I think after those two guys, we're talking about Max Schrock and then, a question of scooting people around. And while I know that David Bell is a fan of, of the tinkering and the moving and the adjusting, uh, the outfield, as you mentioned, is already going to require a lot of probably what should be infielders getting time out there. And if you run into a situation where you've already got an infielder playing outfield and then you end up with a couple freak injuries on the infield, there's real problems for this team. Uh, also, you mentioned Nick Senzel, and I just want to I want to put a little bit in perspective. He's four for nine on the spring, but he does look good. And if if he can be healthy, uh, there is nobody pulling for him more out there than I am. I really want him to be successful. But the 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 depth amongst the position players is starting to become a real concern, especially for a team whose starting lineup now is probably questionable. I think we would call yeah. it. And, and if you start subtracting from that, there's real problems for this team. I think when you look at the lineup and we kind of talked about this last week, but India leading off. Yeah. Joey Votto, two or three, whatever. If he's hitting in the two hole, if he's sitting in the three hole. Yeah. Uh, Mike Moustakis against right-handed pitchers and Tyler Naquin against right-handed pitchers. Yeah. Tyler Stevenson. Yeah. No idea outside of that. Mm-mm. And it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And, and when you're talking about left-handed pitchers, Kyle Farmer, sure. In fact, Kyle Farmer hit a bomb today. That was kind of nice to see. And then, um, Donovan Solano hits really well against left-handed pitchers. But again, this is so David Bell loves to tinker because he loves to strategize. He loves to kind of figure out it's like a game of chess to him. This isn't a game of chess. This is a game of like, let's make sure the boat doesn't sink. Let's patch all the holes as the water keeps coming in. Like he's just he's sitting there. It's not even whack-a-mole. It's like Titanic if he's trying to put a piece of gum on all the different leaks or something. I, I don't know because you're looking at guys like Colin Moran. Like Colin Moran came in as a non-roster invitee. Now we're talking about him making the opening day roster, which they would have to make some kind of corresponding 40-man roster move. Probably when Jose Barrero goes on the injured list, one of these non-roster invitees are going to get added. They just signed a guy named Brandon Drury, who's a utility infielder who has about 100 points of batting average higher than you or me. Uh, And then uh, for his career. And there's some other guys that you're just like, I don't know. And and you're going to really put a lot more on Alejo Lopez, on Max Schrock, on uh, just these dudes who a little bit at the end of last year were okay, but we're asking a lot out of some guys that are still big, big question marks. And um, I know we've talked about this already, but 
Aristides Aquino. Yeah, you can bet on regular well, no. playing time. Clearly, he is the he is what they're going to do against left-handed yep. pitchers. He's going to start against left-handed pitchers in right field. It's going to be his spot. There's nobody else out there right now to really take it away from him. Uh, the youngsters in the minor leagues aren't going to be ready to do that this year, maybe next year. So I really think uh, they're looking at Aquino and seeing a one- to two-year bridge guy that's not going to cost them any money. Until yeah. they can get uh, someone like Reese Hines up here to play right field. No, I, I agree. And it's funny to think about last year. We looked at this roster and we said, boy, is there room for a keynote? Does he get non-tendered? And now it's like, He's starting. what else He's you got? He's starting, my friend. He's a starter. <laughs> He's starting. He's a starter. And for those of us uh, that are still on the train, okay, it's not even really a train anymore. I think it's like a cart, one of those hand carts going down the tracks of can somebody give Shogo Akiyama some playing time? I think he's going to get it just by default because there's really nobody else to give it to. That's where we are in the depth situation. Shogo Akiyama is probably going to get a lot of time this year. Well, it's it's unfortunate that that's how it's going to play out because I think Shogo's one injury away from being a starter as well. I mean, it's, it's yeah. just, it's, it, the outfield is scary. You and I have been talking about it for weeks now. Um, it's certainly not gotten any better. And I really just don't see the Reds going out and making any moves to address that situation. My only hope in the back of my mind is that as we get closer to the end of camp, there will be some interesting waiver claims available out there. And maybe just maybe they'll get somebody that can hit lefties a little bit that they can bring in for a team friendly contract. I think that's really the only hope that the reds have of addressing the outfield uh, prior to the start of 2022. And let's hope the long haired brothers of TJ Friedel and Jake Fraley can do some raking because otherwise it's going to be Nixon Zill and a bunch of dudes striking out. <laughs> For sure. Well, you know, the Reds did go out and make uh, a move with the pitching staff and it made the pitching staff just a little bit better if you squint with this free agent signing. So coming up, Jeff and I are going to talk about the bullpen. Uh, but first, I want to give a shout out to Athletic Greens for sponsoring today's podcast. Uh, their flagship product called A1G uh, helps boost your metabolism. It helps give you better sleep and it overall just makes you feel better. So you're probably asking yourself, what exactly is this stuff? It is a one scoop of delicious AG1. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and it helps you fight off aging just a little bit. It does all of the things. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts. It's cheaper than getting all of the different supplements yourselves and you're investing in just an all-in-one nutritional insurance policy, so to speak. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the cold and flu season that's upon us right now. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements uh, and all of this uh, stuff that's supposed to look out for your health but doesn't. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D 
and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Make sure you're following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Head over there and hit that subscribe button today. Lots of great content coming for you all through the 2022 baseball season. Uh, We've got to talk about the bullpen, Jeff. The Reds went out today and signed Hunter Strickland. Uh, He's a right-hander who spent last season with the Milwaukee Brewers. So it's a a pitcher that the Reds know a little bit. Uh, I think this is a a decent signing. It doesn't, you know, I think your reply to me was it doesn't move the needle a whole lot. But uh, in a season that's going to see pitchers' arms taxed to the max, in a season that's going to see the uh, beginning opening day roster at 28 uh, with extra pitchers involved to help get them through the month of April. I think it's more important now than ever to go out and get a signing like this. Somebody that has had some success within this division that you can at least count on to go out and not get bombed every single time they hit the mound. Yeah. And you and I were talking about this off air. At least he's better than Heath Hembry. I also thought about this. I think he's better than Sean Doolittle. And that means that he's the best bullpen signing that the Reds have had in the last three years. That's kind of sad. Um, I think that overall he slots in as a nice mid guy. Uh, Everybody, and I tweeted about this, you're immediately going to see that last year he had an ERA in the twos, and that's amazing. But a lot of other things pointed that to kind of being lucky. His FIP was higher than the fours, and his strikeout rate is low. When you look at relievers, two things you want to look at, strikeout and walk rate. His walk rate's okay. It's not great, but it's not bad either. But his strikeout rate needs to be a lot higher. And in fact, that's for his career, not just for the last couple of years. So he's not a high strikeout guy. And the other thing that gives me a little bit of pause is that he doesn't give up ground balls either. He gives up fly balls whenever opposing hitters make contact. Great American Ballpark is not exactly the best place to be a fly ball pitcher. So there are some things that I'm like, all right, I want to kind of temper my expectations a little bit, but objectively, this isn't even like, you know, optimistic Jeff. This is objective Jeff looking at this. It's the best ad that they've made to the bullpen in the last three years. And I think that bar's obviously kind of low, but yeah. Well, we'll call him the best offseason ad they've made to the bullpen in the last three years. Let's not forget that uh, they did add in Luis Sessa in the middle of the season. But just looking at his baseball reference numbers, uh, you know, you mentioned his FIP. You know, his FIP was 3.67, an ERA 1.73. So you're right. He was a little bit lucky. He got into 35 games for the Milwaukee Brewers, pitched 36.1 innings. A strikeout to walk ratio, he struck out 38 while walking 12. So it's not horrible. It's not awful. It's not terrible. It's not CNL Perez. Okay. There. I said it. I said it out loud. So, <laughs> you know, CNL I think it's not Cam Bedrosian either. <laughs> correct. I think for, I think for this time of spring training with what this team will be facing when the season starts in just a few short weeks, I think these are the kind of signings that you need right now. Bring in a couple more arms, some people that have had some success, whether it was lucky or not, and hope that they catch lightning in a bottle a second time and can help this team in a month where they are definitely going to need some bullpen help. No, and I, and I agree. I, I think it's a good thing that they did this. I'm not poo-pooing it and saying that they shouldn't have done it, but I just don't want everybody to be like, we got a closer. 
We don't. Or ace of the bullpen. We don't. Our ace of the bullpen is Lucas Sims, and whenever he comes back, he'll be here. And Luis Sessa will kind of hold on to that in the meantime. I will say this. Tony Santion should get back into the bullpen. That's going to help things out. And... I like what I saw from Dari Moretta today. He wasn't amazing. He wasn't perfect, but he did some good stuff because they asked him. They brought him in the third inning, which in spring training games, when a reliever is brought in means less than the actual result of the game itself. But when they brought him in was against the teeth of the Dodgers lineup. He faced it just he faced Justin Turner. He faced uh, Freddie Freeman. He faced the big boppers there at the top. And he didn't look like he was, like, you know, fiddling on the mound. He didn't look like he was, you know, over here, over there. He was hitting his spots. And I thought that he looked pretty solid to me. He had a really good fastball, of course. And then that breaking ball was pretty good, too. I think it was a slider. Uh, but it looked like it had a nice little tight break to it. So I, I expect Ari Moretta to be a pretty good player in this bullpen, probably by midseason, to be one of the higher leverage guys that they can kind of lean on a little bit. Now, who else steps up? Of course, that's a huge question mark. A question mark we have been attempting to answer all offseason, but it's, I, it's nice to have Hunter Strickland added to that. No, I think so too. And and to your point on Moretta, I, I, I think I texted you during that at bat with Freddie Freeman that, that he did not look scared at all. Uh, he nope. did not, he did not back away from that challenge. And yes, I know it's spring and yes, I know spring training statistics don't matter, but for a young guy like that, those, those at bats were important. Facing those batters were important because, you know, where the veterans are just out there trying to get ready. Some of these young guys are trying to find their confidence and trying to figure out how to be a major league pitcher. And uh, from what I saw from him today showed that he's on the right track and it was pretty exciting. You know, as for the rest of the bullpen, I think we're still stuck in this, this, this put a bunch of names in a hat and, you know, hope for the best. Um, hopefully that shakes out a little bit more and I think it will. And I should know you and I will spend tons of time talking about it between now and opening day. But uh, this bullpen is, is a big, big question mark. Yeah. And, and a guy that I kind of keep forgetting to talk about a little bit is Art Warren. And I actually had a question on Twitter from somebody and I forgot to pull it up. So I'm sorry that I forget who that was. But they asked me, is Art Warren the favorite to become the closer? I don't think he's the favorite. I think he's got the upside and he maybe has a chance to kind of put his name into that conversation, but he's definitely not a favorite for that. However, you love the strikeout rate that he had this last year. It's just, we didn't see enough of him. He didn't pitch a whole lot to the point where we know anything about him. So well, with I don't, that, and I don't think David Bell's going to use a closer, Jeff. I think that he's no, going yeah. to do it by committee. I think that, you know, there will be a clear cut ace of the bullpen. You know, we talked about it being Lucas Sims and now for the short term, we talk about it probably is Luis Sessa, but I think that David Bell is going to go with the hot hand and he's going to play the matchups. And that's how, like we've talked a lot of, of times about this. I prefer it that way. I think it's a waste to just save your best pitcher for the ninth inning all the time, you know, use your best guy in the best situation. And I think that that's what David Bell will do. I agree. And this is also kind of where I think of Rivar San Martin and that I would like to see Nick Lodolo in the starting rotation more than him because I think San Martin can add a very calm left-handed presence in the bullpen because Justin Wilson's there, but it feels like every third appearance, Justin Wilson can't really find the strike zone. And you don't like that. You don't want to, you know, gamble with a reliever coming out and walking a bunch of people. So if you can add a lefty reliever to the bullpen like San Martin, that would be pretty good, too. And and, and also one of the guy that 
probably when the trade went down, we were talking about him as possibly being a member of this bullpen this year. Justin Dunn, he ain't going to be, at least not till like probably July. So just count that dude out right now. And I'm glad you brought up that trade too, because one of the names that we haven't really spent any time talking about after the trade went down was uh, Williamson who came back in the Seattle Mariners deal. And I just want to, you know, it's not that we're forgetting about him, but I, from what I've seen from him, looking at what he did last year, looking at what he did in his uh, Reds debut out in Goodyear, I don't think he's quite ready yet. I think he's going to need a little bit more seasoning in the minor leagues. And just just based on what I'm seeing, and nobody's really, other than Nick Crawl talking up the fact that he can contend to be on this major league roster. So I think he's going to start the year in the minor leagues. And, and I just wanted to make mention of him, and it's not that we're overlooking him. I just don't think he's quite ready for prime time. And trust me. There's going to be plenty of Camba Derosian types in this bullpen because, like we said earlier, rosters are getting expanded to 28 players. And you can bet there's going to be at least 14 pitchers in that 28 player. There might be more. There might be 15 pitchers coming on this roster starting on opening day. Uh, And, you know, numbers are numbers. I don't necessarily think that means the Reds have a deep bullpen by any stretch of the imagination. It's pretty thin because with all those question marks, you just don't know. Yeah, this bullpen clearly lacks depth, Jeff, and they're going to have to overcome any injuries. Uh, and and I think you hit the nail on the head a little while ago. This this bullpen is dangerously close to, to being a repeat of the bullpen that the Reds rolled out to start the 2021 season. I agree, Steve. So that's a bit of a bombshell. That's a, you know, on that disappointment. <clears throat> it's time to end. Uh, thanks for listening to this Lockdown Reds podcast and watching this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Coming up tomorrow, Steve and I are going to talk about a little bit more about Nick Senzel because I want to talk about him a bit because I like the things that he is doing in spring training and his storyline is going to be a huge one for this Red season as 2022 goes along. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen, though. Now, go make Locked On MLB your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, is just knowledgeable when it comes to all things present and past in baseball, and he brings you a very unique perspective. Check it out, the Locked On MLB podcast, just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, spring training is trudging along. Opening day, where the Reds won't play at home, is coming up soon. What can everyone expect from us? They can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day. We'll see you tomorrow.